Hey guys, welcome to episode 7070 of Bono Stuff. And I had the pleasure of having Ian Kornbluth on today. Uh, he is in charge of Active Core and Red Core. We get into what those names mean and uh, some of the things going on with the physical therapy profession, some themes that we've been touching on here recently. So I hope you enjoy. Uh, don't forget to have a happy holiday. If you're into skiing, snowboarding, you want to get a gift for somebody this holiday season, uh, feel free to reach out. I am offering gift cards to folks. Nothing is better than the gift of health, and you can get a health assessment as a gift. You can get some of these online programs I have here to help people get ready for skiing, snowboarding, or any other real training that they want to do. So if you want somebody active in your life to be happy, healthy, and to work with me, I'd appreciate if you send them over my way. They'll appreciate it. You'll appreciate it. Everyone wins. And with all that said, hope you enjoy the episode. Hope you get 1% better today. And we are live, episode 70, here with Ian Kornbluth. That's, I'm sure you've heard the Arrested Development jokes with the, with the last name, yes? Um, of course. Yeah. Are you, are you a fan of that show? I am. Yeah, great show, great show. I, did, I don't know how I feel about that last, last season. It was a little weird. Um, <laughs> that, that extra one they came out. So this is episode 70. Um, we're going to jump into it. Uh, apparently Ian was born in Brooklyn. I was raised in Brooklyn. So we got a little no sleep till Brooklyn going, uh, beastie Boys style. Shout out to Jerry Durham, who puts a little beastie boys on Twitter every single day, which, which is phenomenal. Um, but Ian, <laughs> tell us, uh, you're in Arizona now and tell us a little bit about your journey and, and who you are and, and how we're going to rock and roll. Yeah. Thanks, Bo. Uh, so yes, I was, I was born in New York, but raised in Arizona and, um, grew up out here in the Valley, uh, Phoenix, Scottsdale area. And then, uh, after going to, uh, high school, college out here in Arizona, then went back East for graduate school and, uh, basically became a physical therapist. And my wife is also a PT. We met in PT school at Rutgers in New Jersey and started up our own cash practice five years after um, graduating and just kind of grew it, grew it from there. So it went from me to, uh, to some other physical therapists who joined me, eventually became partners with me. And now we have like this shared model where it's all owned by physical therapists and, and uh, Pilates instructors. Um, and we're going uh, kind of national. We're in three three regions right now, um, so we're just kind of slowly making it happen. And I heard you on Aaron LeBauer's podcast saying uh, you had eight eight kind of affiliates branches uh, for that open during COVID. Is that is that number still accurate? That was about a year ago that you guys uh, recorded that. Yeah, exactly. We we still have eight locations. Um, half of them are like kind of your more like, um, well, nothing's traditional with what we do at Active Core. It's a pretty progressive model. Uh, we got a lot of ropes and things that hang from the ceiling. We do a lot of suspension. See it in the back there. Anyone watching on video? Yeah. Same, the same yeah, well, ones this, behind this, you. This is just my home gym, but yes, <laughs> it's a little bit more elaborate setup than that, but it, but it is a bunch of ropes that hang from, hang down and we can offload our our clients with bungee cords and slings and so forth. Um, but half of our locations are like those office type settings where you have 
multiple cash PTs all working together under one roof. And then, sorry, the locations that we opened during COVID are all what we call our satellite locations. And that's like one provider within a host site, like a chiropractic center, um, a Pilates studio, CrossFit gym, you know, kind gotcha, of the, gotcha. that, that, that more new age type of model that, that has come out over the past few years. So we have sort of that half and half. Hybrid approach, right? Um, so yeah. from what I understand, again, you opened your cash practice back around 2005. Is that right? And, yeah, and, I, opened, I opened it back back then. Actually, 2004, the first year, I did have a few insurance contracts uh, and quickly realized that that model is not sustainable um, if you want to do it on a one-on-one -on -one basis. So I dropped the insurance contracts. It took me almost a, an entire year to drop the insurance contracts. So by the end of 2005, uh, I, I went completely cash-based. So, you know, pretty long time now. Yeah, yeah. I was just starting in uh, my DPT program 2005. So <laughs> it's been, mm. yeah, we're both, we're both vets, I guess. Um, but yeah, way ahead of the curve on the cash model, uh, which again has become much, much more prominent these days. Um, I'm a big fan of it, obviously. I'd love to hear your kind of pitch or elevator pitch. I'm sure you have it dialed down. Um, you know, we hear different versions of this out in the, in the space and I've, I've had a bunch of people, this is our 70th episode here and, and thank you for being the 70th guest, actually less cause I've had a few repeat guests, um, but, but, uh, <laughs> and a few solo casts too. So go back, check those out folks. Um, but I did want to put the, the question to you of how do you pitch the cash base versus the insurance base to the consumer? Um, obviously again, I've, I've had different versions of this on here, but I'd love to hear your elevator pitch three, two, one, go, no pressure. We, we don't typically have to pitch too much. Um, people, you know, immediately know that they're going to get a, a sort of a unique experience. If you go on our website, all of our social media pages, you see a lot of the ropes hanging down. You already know that it's different. And that typically will, will sell most people, you know, somebody who's been through therapy, still experiencing aches and pains, um, their doctors shrugging that, you know, they don't know what to do. Uh, even if they don't know that, you know, it, like we can't guarantee that we're going to get somebody better, but they may just be looking for something different. And that's what we've always done. We've always separated ourselves from everyone, including most of the cash practices out there just by looking, feeling, you know, everything is it, just like a different experience. So I, I don't really think we have an elevator pitch per se. A lot of it is um, just listening to the clients and trying to understand where they're at, what they've experienced, um, you know, and then just trying to meet their needs with something different. And that's what I, we do. I guess, I guess the question is, is do you, st do maybe you don't uh, get the, like, why don't you take my insurance? And that, that, that question, I guess, to, to give a bigger, broader, you know, not, not to, cause it sounds like, yeah, definitely you guys are doing something different, but uh, do you still get that question? I assume you do, maybe not. I'm not, to be honest, I'm not in the centers. I haven't been in there okay. in multiple years. Um, I, I visit our centers. Like I just went to Atlanta for the first time in three years, I think. Um, you know, and I, I go to Princeton every year just because that's where it began. And we have a lot of friends and family 
out in New Jersey and New York. Um, I go to Colorado a couple times a year, but I'm not in the day to day. Um, I live in Arizona. We don't have uh, a location yet here. Um, I purposely pulled myself away from the day to day. Um, I'm a, a, maybe a bit um, OCD and I used to be, I used to be very controlling when I was in the clinic and I kind of directed that obsession to being out of the clinic and not having my hands in that, in the day to day and giving my team the autonomy, the freedom to practice how, how they want. So they would be able to answer that question. I really don't know if it comes up that much I got anymore. Uh, it, it may. I don't know. <laughs> All good. All good. We'll talk a yeah. little bit more about the model you're describing. Uh, but uh, I, I did want to start with kind of your version of the origins of physical therapy, because you want to talk about that. And I'd, I'd love to hear it again. That's something that's come up here a bunch of times on my episodes. And, and it's a fascinating story and, and how we started, where we are. So I'd love for you to hear your uh, take on all that. Yeah. Well, um, I don't know if you've heard it the way that that I tell it, but, um, you know, in PT school, we learned primarily the origin of physical therapy here in the States. You know, it started with like polio pandemic, World War One, World War Two. Um, you know, that that's sort of the typical story that you hear that that it was to help injured soldiers, you know, recover from uh, various types of of injuries and ailments. And of, and of course, people trying to recover from from the polio um, disease. So I look at it very differently. I kind of tr try to trace things back further because I'm never really content with a lot of what I learned in PT school. To be honest, I, I, I'm always kind of questioning it. I did it back then. I continue to do it. So I started doing a little bit more research and realized that uh, physical therapy um, as a profession, you know, really started in Sweden and Norway, that part of the world. And it's and it began at least a hundred years before I thought it began when when I was taught this in PT school um, around like 1800 or a little bit after 1800, and it came from the world of gymnastics, and that uh, PTs were um, essentially like healers trying to get uh, an athlete back to their gymnastic sport. And so when you think of a gymnast, it's all about like muscle control. And that's why I started, you know, getting really interested in red cord and techniques like that, that focus a lot on restoring muscle control. Um, because to me, I feel like that's something that we can kind of sink our teeth in, into as a profession. Like there's a lot of Different, and I know you mentioned this on your the podcast that you sent me recently, Bo. Um, the, you guys were talking about how people are kind of like have to stay in their lanes, and that there's you know a lot of fighting when a, a chiropractor and a PT are both doing hands-on manual therapy, or an acupuncturist and a physical therapist both doing needles, you know, or needling. Um, I think what what can we do as PTs? You know, what can we what what's our um, not property, but something that we can just put our stamp on and say, this is, you know, this is what we do better than anyone else. And I've always been a huge believer in like 
restoring muscle control or, or um, getting rid of uh, muscle imbalances, however you want to define it, you know, I neuromuscular mean, I, pathways. I mean, there's, yeah. there's so many ways you could describe it. Um, mm -hmm. But that's why red cord kind of fit right in there. And it came from Norway, not surprising, you know, where a lot of this all began. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. We just did an episode on demanding better from your physical therapist. I have a, another uh, podcast I just started with a personal trainer friend of mine in New York City, David Corona, and demanding better from your physical therapist. I was uh, kind of the, the the host. He was at, or he was asking me questions. So I nailed it down too. And I will add the. This is I, I didn't add this word, but we are the neuromusculoskeletal experts, right? Like that should we should be the first line of defense as a profession for that. Um, and, and so that's that was the oversimplification of that term and, mm -hmm. and totally agree with you on, on all that. So that takes us to, uh, yeah, the red cord suspension. Or do you want to talk a little more about where we are as a profession, the insurance? I know you got a lot of thoughts and feelings <laughs> about all that if you want to go down that path. Mm -hmm. No, no, let's, let's jump into red cord. I, on, on Aaron's, um, podcast, uh, we kind of got to it at the very, very end. Um, I'd rather talk about that, put it like front and center, just because that, you know, that separates us, that, that makes us different, unique. Um, and it's allowed us to scale our business from just me to, you know, to quite a few PTs all cash based, you know, in this business. Yeah. So, so what is it? Tell, catch us up. What's red cord <laughs> uh, suspension? Well, I mean, I think we, you know, the, 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 the concept is there, but I'd love to hear again, the, maybe if you can summarize it into, for those listening that are just, have never heard of it or have never seen it, uh, break it down for us. Ian, please. Sure. Sure. So it's a system developed by Norwegian physios back in the nineties. And it's, it's basically ropes slings, bungee cords, um, grips, any kind of like system that allows for uh, suspension exercise. And it essentially creates like an anti-gravity or zero gravity environment. So imagine taking a client, offloading them so that you can then gently load very specific parts of the body, you know, with certain uh, amount of body weight. Um, so it allows you to do whatever it is that you could ever imagine, you know, doing uh, or never imagine doing with someone and make it possible. Uh, for instance, like um, a single leg squat that might be really, really challenging for a lot of people. But you put a sling under their tush with some bungees attached to it, offloading them. Now, all of a sudden, that single leg squat is not just possible, but it's completely pain free. The person can do it with, with excellent form and you have two hands free because the bungees are kind of doing the work and you have two hands free to guide them to adjust whatever kind of angle that, that you want, you know, their, their need to be out their hip, their trunk, their head. You can look at them like in a 360 view, which is amazing. You know, so it's just taking a normal exercise that we do every day as PTs and applies it to everyone on the planet. And even people that think that they know how to do it right, that are very strong, maybe they're an athlete, and you can kind of show them that, okay, maybe you can do it with some good global you know, compensation um, due to some injury that you had, but we offload you 
so that now your, your stabilizers, kind of the smaller muscles are now having to support the body and the joints to do that motion. And all of a sudden it's like they're a fish out of water and they're like, wait a minute, this, this is supposed to be easier, but it actually feels kind of harder. I'm like, well, it's easier in that there's less body weight, but it's harder because there's a lot more neuromuscular challenge when you do things with ropes and slings. So it's working with those variables, all the things that we learn in PT school, like, you know, bio, body mechanics, biomechanics, all that stuff, physics, um, anatomy, it applies to everything, the vectors, lines of pull, suspension points, you know, mass. I mean, you, you name it, it, it all gets applied all at once using the red cord system. And, and again, your hands are free. So it's, it's very um, easy on a therapist's body to, to do this method. Gotcha. Uh, I, I'm yeah. excited we talked about it uh, as we were setting this up, me coming and checking one out. I haven't been on the system yet, but I guess my devil's advocate question for you here is, I think you can handle it, is how, again, in, in a more traditional PT setting, alternatives to what you're describing would be just doing a leg press machine, right? You can still load it. Obviously, there's less instability. You have a stable uh, machine. Then you have the Pilates equipment that it sounds like, again, similar kind of philosophy of let's unload, let's cha challenge you different ways. So uh, it sounds like this is just more, more of an unstable surface almost. I don't know if it's too far of a stretch to say it's like doing squats on a BOSU ball, you know, where you have that instability. Um, and that's where you have to like find all, all these kind of higher level uh, challenges. Is that, is any of that accurate? Is that um, where am I way off? No, no, you're right on. Um, it, it's those same um, principles as, as all these other methods. Um, the, the beauty, there's a lot of advantages, though, of doing red cord. And we do BOSU, we do Pilates, um, we do a lot of kettlebell work in our, in our centers. Um, um, like, you name it, we, we probably do it at least in, in one of our eight locations. Um, it's not do, that Do you we, have a squat rack in any of your locations? Yeah, yeah. The one that you're going to go see in Denver has a that, squat that's rack. That's the only on. one? Okay. <laughs> oh, no. Um, we, we, we have them in a couple of our locations. In fact, we're, we're starting to put them in um, even in our New Jersey locations where we began, which is a tiny, tiny facility, but we're going to squeeze we're going to squeeze it in. We've got some therapists that are uh, treating a lot of CrossFitters right now, and uh, they definitely definitely are looking to bring that in. Um, I, I, I caution a lot of people that if they go into a physical therapy clinic, especially these higher level athletes, and they do not have a barbell, a squat rack or kettlebells that they should just turn around and go. And go out. <laughs> yeah. So um, what I like about red cord though, there's, there's a lot of uh, big advantages. Um, and I think it's because it was developed by physios in Norway. And when you look at, um, when you look at like the top, healthcare systems in the world. You know, it's always Sweden and Norway are always two of like the top five healthcare systems in the entire world. And I don't even know where the US is, right? It's usually it's in the 30s there. or 40s from what I've seen, but yeah. Yeah. So keep in mind, like, it's not just developed by physios, but physios in the top healthcare systems in the world. So they, they're, they're you know, pretty, pretty progressive out there. Um, and they came up with a system that really just gets back to the basics of gymnastics. Um, to be honest, that's, it really gets back to our roots, you know, where PT came from. That's why I'll bring that up a lot. When I talk to people about red cord is where, where did PT even come from? 
you know, came from the world of gymnastics, like a gymnast is flying around, right. Doing all this, all these crazy moves with suspension and what, like, that's just normal for them. We, we think of it as, or abnormal in the PT world, but you go to Norway and all the PTs are practicing like this, you know, because it's, it's really using all the things that you normally do in as a PT or as a fitness trainer. So it's still squats, lunges, push-ups, pull-ups, you know, all the same exercise, bridges and planks, side planks, you name it. But imagine doing it with some help, support of the bungee cord so that you don't have to compensate. You don't have to, you know, kind of overuse, overtax your body and do it in a completely pain-free manner. I'm not sure if Pilates, my wife does tons of Pilates. She's a PT and Pilates instructor, um, true believer in it. And I am as well. And it does make up a big piece of what we do at ActiveCore, but there's a, there's still a big difference. If you talk to any Pilates instructor that does red cord, they'll say that there's certain things that you just can't get out of the reformer, the tower, the, the, the one to chair and the Cadillac, like, you have to put them in the red cord. You have to offload them. And it has to be a little bit unstable at the same time. And that's when the magic happens. A lot of it's though the, out, the offloading. The offloading is key. And everything that's done on the red cord, for the most part, like 99 or 90 plus percent of what you do on a red cord is close kinetic chain. You're, you're doing plank type exercise. So everything's closed chain. It just may not be closed at the feet or the hands, like with traditional exercise, it can be, you can close it at, at the knees or the elbows or even the shoulders or the trunk by moving the suspension point or, or the, the, um, um, the lever arm, shortening, shortening the lever arm, <laughs> move that sling closer toward the center of the body. Um, so there's just things that red cord, I think does better in, in one sense, but then Pilates equipment, yoga, all these other disciplines do better in, in other things like that, you know, that um, you may not do in a red cord. So it, it's, it's a tool in your toolbox. It just happens to be a pretty big tool in our toolbox, put it that way. Yeah. And I'll just double down on the fact that gymnastics by definition is something that every human being should be doing, in my opinion, in my background, especially diving deep down the CrossFit rabbit hole. And I, you know, I got the up to the level three certification, all this stuff, but the very simple definition for those listening that might not be, you might think of gymnastics as doing flips and Simone Biles and whatever the controversy is there. I'm not even going down that rabbit hole, but, uh, but the, the basic definition of gymnastics is the ability to control your own body. So right. obviously there's, there's more complicated aspects and progressions and regressions and lateralizations. But at the end of the day, in terms of staying healthier, longer, uh, a gymnastics is something I plan to practice for the next 50, 70, 90, as long as I can live. Um, and it's something I think every child should absolutely be exposed to and, and pursue to some extent to build their overall athletic, long-term athletic development, if we want to be real fancy about it. So um, I love that. Have you, uh, in regards to CrossFit gymnastics rings, have you seen the ring thing, which, which, uh, have you seen that? The ring thing? The Do ring you mean thing? Just it's, it's, it's specifically, just... it was specifically developed. Um, I think it's tied to a brand called Power Monkey Fitness, which is one of the bigger okay. gymnastics companies. Uh, Dave Durante, 
who was a, I think he was a U.S. level gymnast, you, you know, on the U.S. Mm. national team, uh, Olympian. And uh, he developed that with his kind of exposure to CrossFit, seeing a lot of people struggle and flying around and, and trying stuff a little too early. Basically, the ring thing, I, I thought of it with everything you're saying. It's basically. Is, is uh, that the rope? The, I mean, the um, it's like the thick, the thick um, bands that offload uh, no. you? They, those exist. Those are just bands that can be placed in okay. fancy ways and, and might snap and hit you. But no, this specifically is, goes around your like hips and can take 50% of your body weight off or 70% of your body weight off so that you can practice uh, the, like doing a muscle up, a strict muscle up, whatever the progression of, of gymnastics uh, in, inside the rings, whether you're working on an iron cross or, or any of these skills, which again, for some of you listening, uh, if you're like, I'm never going to, I have no interest in doing an iron cross. There's tons of health shoulder, uh, shoulder health benefits. And again, I can't stress enough that if you do these concepts and put it into a, a complete integrated picture, like your shoulders will never hurt if you do it right. Uh, or if <laughs> you do right. too much, you might, you might, you know, th that's where we, you know, people are scared of CrossFit because they see injuries in CrossFit. But again, I, I would challenge that a lot of times it's just not done with proper progressions, which is where hopefully, mm -hmm. uh, you know, your kind of your, the, 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 the affiliates you have, it sounds like they're doing a lot more of this progressive type work where they might be able to scale things back, unload and say, Hey, let's challenge this movement system. And so before we put you back on a barbell, um, let's get you moving with this red cord system. So that's awesome. Exactly. That's awesome. Yeah. It's, it's very, very, the way that you described that system or product the ring thing. Exactly the ring thing, the way that you described it though, is very much like how we describe red cord. Just imagine doing that with every kind of exercise that you could probably imagine. Cause we can do iron cross with red cord with, I don't know, a 70 plus year old person that's never done it before in their life. We could, we could actually do it. We can load the body. I'm sorry. We could load um, body weight through the head, close kinetic chain, you know, neck retraction, neck extension, side bend rotation, all, you know, to, to help stimulate those deep neck flexors that, that you're trying to, you know, to, to fire up, like anything that, that you could imagine you can do with just about anyone on the planet on a red cord. How so do I deadlift on a red cord? <laughs> deadlift on a red cord. That's, that's interesting. Well, again, it may not, some things may not. I'm exactly being. I'm being a little bit. But I'm being a little over the top. You said we could do anything. You know, that's my New York, Brooklyn. You said yeah, we yeah, could yeah. pretty much do anything. So I said, I, I, that was the first thing. I'm like, and again, you, you, there's all these funny videos of of you know doing yeah. kettlebell swings with with bands and things like that. <laughs> and actually, a funny quick side <laughs> tangent is uh, back in 2011, I think I had the keys to CrossFit New York City when I was a coach there. Uh, working with those guys and a bunch of my buddies. One of our friends was moving away, who was also kind of in the coaching space. And anyway, we got really drunk and went into the CrossFit gym. Not the safest thing, but yeah, we started <laughs> making videos. We have those videos somewhere of like how to use bands to assist you to do kettlebell swings and how to assist you to, and like you put the bands up from the top to help assist you with deadlifting. And it just, it, it was a little, a little funny. Anyway, uh, I'll, I'll share those videos one of these days if anyone's interested and uh, you know, people make it, you want to comment. I, I can share those videos if people are, you know, want to see me drunk and, uh, <laughs> they're, they're out there. Uh, we got to be careful. Well, you know? I, I can relate to, uh, to what you're saying, just sort of playing, playing with the variables. Uh, we do that all day long. You know, it's, it's, it's really kind of fun when you've got access to all these ropes 
hanging down. I mean, like it's it's sort of your mind just goes crazy with what you you know what is possible, and then you think about the the person in front of you, you know what they what's possible for them, and a lot of times that helps get them over the hump, right? Like they can't they feel like they can't do something. Maybe they need some support, and then all of a sudden they're able to to do it on their own, especially when you kind of fire up these deep stabilizers. It's it's they think it's magic, but it's just you know it's science. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's nice yeah. to be able to tap into those those concepts for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, it sounds interesting. I'm excited to check it out again uh, from my standpoint. Like, I find that we can get people doing that with the the many years of knowledge I've acquired with movement, and I still want to do it with kettlebells and barbell and and get people there in that way because that's really um, and it can be a struggle. So again, it sounds like again, I'm like I said, I'm excited to check it out and see if yeah. if and, and anything that'll help people get where we want to get them faster that can be useful in that regard is 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 awesome so let's yeah. talk about that you have eight locations nationwide um what we want to talk about scaling that cash pt practice and and again i heard you if anyone's interested on the aaron labauer uh podcast though i think he calls it the pt lunch hour um mm -hmm. and, and that was literally it, it, as I looked at it, it was December 25th, 2020. So on Christmas day, I don't know if you guys recorded it then, or he just posted it then, but, um, <laughs> so uh, I think he just posted it then. Yeah. Maybe, maybe you guys are really good friends and you were hanging out on, on Christmas <laughs> day. I don't know. Um, but, but yeah, I'd love to, again, hear about, uh, again, this cash practice model. If there's any clinicians out there listening, um, again, a lot, a lot of PTs out there do get burnt out from the insurance model. Uh, big story going around as of today's, posting whenever you guys listen or watch this uh there was just a story i'm sure you saw it up in i think it was michigan or wisconsin there was 20 million dollars of insurance fraud medicare fraud that they built a case over like 12 years did you see that whole thing mm -mm. No. no but I yeah did not. uh something i've heard a lot uh back in brooklyn you had all those and sure. stereotype but brighton beach russian clinics and there was a lot of that insurance fraud going on one of my first jobs i was offered coming out of physical therapy school was i was like uh, something sounds a little fishy here. I'm not, I'm not, mm -hmm. not going to go down this path. And the, of that, that story again, is getting circulated around social media right now too, through the physical therapy world. Um, they, uh, I believe nine of the clinicians who, you know, weren't even owners or, or what have you, obviously there's going to be implications for those owners and things like that. It sounds like, but the, the clinicians who participated, uh, the argument is obviously it was, it was knowingly fraudulent things going on. So that's where obviously, uh, Bottom line is, <laughs> you know, there's a lot wrong with the insurance space. There's a lot wrong with our physical therapy profession, Medicare, Blue Cross, Blue Shield. We can go on and on for days. But, uh, you know, this the cash practice is a, in, and I believe our, both of our opinions here, uh, a better model for the consumer, a better model for the clinician. And it's just where where this field seems to be heading. And, and definitely uh, would love to hear again how you've been able to incorporate that. You've been practicing it since 2004. Uh, so yeah, I'd love, love anything you can share about, you know, giving us better insights. What maybe again, as, as an entrepreneur myself in that space, uh, maybe I, I'd love to, and, and this is Bono stuff. So I'd, I'd love to learn more stuff, share with me the stuff, you know, <laughs> well, you know, Aaron's really the expert. I think we all know that with, with the cash, uh, blueprint that, that he has, um, it doesn't get any better than that to, you know, to kind of follow his lead 
and to be able to fill your schedule. I think what where I come in or maybe my insight um, has been focusing on trying to grow beyond um, myself. And like I've mentioned at the very beginning of our call, I went from really trying to control every little thing. You know, I would, I would be, uh, this is before red cord, you know, I'd be doing a lot of manual therapy. My thumbs were ready to fall off, you know, from, from doing that. And I'd have like a therapist who I would be trying to fill their schedule. They'd be in the corner twiddling their thumbs and my thumbs would be falling off. Like, you know, treating one patient after the next, they all wanted to see me. And then whenever they, a patient did go with them, I was kind of right over their shoulder. Like, you know, that's not the way I would do it, you know, and that wasn't cool. Um, it, it didn't allow me to grow. I didn't, it took years for me to realize that. Um, but I've become really good at that. And now, like I said, I don't even have a location in, in the Valley of the sun. Um, I have to, I can't even drive to like, Denver's the closest, you know, it's, it's like a day drive to get there. Um, so are you, are you, are you still seeing patients at this point? No, it's been, um, I, I actually, I, I kind of lost track. Um, I've been in Arizona for four years. I stopped practicing at least maybe three years before I moved out here. So I think we're up to about seven, seven or eight years since I practiced, um, I did a demo the other night for a therapist here in Arizona, um, like on red cord, we used a, a, a facility that I had trained the therapist in red cord, set them up. And we, we did a demo the other day. That was kind of the closest I got to, to treating in seven or eight years. Um, but it's all about, you know, systems, creating systems and, and finding teammates that, will treat the patients just like, just like you do. And while that's kind of, it's definitely easier said than done. Um, and a lot of that took years of, um, learning to figure out what it is that a therapist is looking for to kind of give them that, that environment to create an environment that supports that mindset that they're going to treat it like their own. And some of that is that I set up a shared uh, model with the help of my team where every therapist that joins ActiveCore gets put onto a partnership track so that they get, you know, to be an owner someday and they'll obviously want to take care of something that they own more than something that maybe they're renting, kind of like a, a typical employee. Um, and then giving them the, the freedom to practice how they want to practice. You know, we teach them red cord, we get them set up with the equipment, but how much they use it, when they use it, like that's totally up to them. We just provide an environment that supports them to be like the best cash BT that they can be, make the most amount of money and have the best time doing it and have teammates around them and, and support from someone like me that has been through a lot of, a lot of the crap that we have to go through as, as yeah. business owners. Um, so, you know, that's, I guess, my insight into cat, into scaling a cash practice. A lot of it has to do with 
uh, that you have to be the type of person that is willing to share. If mm -hmm. you're not, if you're not a sharer, you can't scale it beyond yourself. Like it just doesn't work. But if you're willing to share, um, you can actually do, you know, do pretty well. You can grow up pretty big, like, like we've been doing. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, of the, so just curious here, then that, that brings me to another question of the eight practices you have, are they, you, they kind of go into their own direction. You're just, you're just, so CrossFit uses the affiliate model as well. Uh, so you can go to yeah. 10 different CrossFit gyms and they could be completely different. They can have a kid's vibe. They can have a high level athlete competitor <laughs> vibe. They could have a, you know, just family friendly. Like everyone's here to have a good time. Uh, we're serving donuts and, and pizza like uh, Planet Fitness does. Um, you know, so, so the point is there that they're just putting their name out there um, and, and, and putting out that model of CrossFit, same thing for you guys with active cores. Is that, is that how it goes? Is just, it, so we went to the eight different facilities. We might get eight completely different experiences or is there some, obviously you're, you're sharing tools, but are you, is there oversight about, we want to make sure you're doing low back pain this way or ACL reconstruction this way? Uh, yeah, we're, we're not so much into kind of that franchise cookie cutter, you know, concepts that's, that's not. I don't think that that's the right. Not necessarily there, therapist. but not necessarily there, but more of like, these are our best practices. Like we're open to other ways to treat ACL or, or, or work with an ACL reconstruction patient. Uh, but so it sounds like, again, similar to the CrossFit model, like you guys do whatever you want. We're just giving you the name. That's right. So we have the cream will rise um, we do to the have, top. <laughs> they, they do. Um, you know, we're all trained as PTs, like we have a good foundation and movements, understanding the body. Um, I think we're all for the most part here for the reasons, you know, for similar reasons, like to help people, that's kind of what it comes down to. And you kind of end up, end up doing the right thing that puts the client first. Um, you know, I just take it to another level with active core where we also put the providers first by supporting them and giving them access to all the tools and methods and things that they feel are best for their specific target market in their region. So like, I'm not going to tell a therapist out in Colorado or in Atlanta, Georgia, what to do because they know their market. They are living out there just like they're not going to tell me how to do something here in Arizona. Like they can tell me what maybe has worked and hasn't worked for them, but I want to, I know what's going to work for my people, like the people that, that are here and what they're going to be attracted to. Um, so we give the autonomy to our providers to practice how they want. Again, we set them up with red cord. I'd say red cord is probably the only staple that's like, in fact, red cord in Norwegian where it came from, translates, the word red cord, translates into the common thread. And, and also the ropes are red. So yeah. red cord is actually a nice I figured that's just what it was. No, no, it, but it, there's actually, you know, it, it means the common thread. And mm -hmm. when I think about how red cord is it and in our facilities and our active core physical therapy centers, it really is the common thread. I don't know if there's anything else other than maybe that we're cash-based, it's all one-on-one, -on -one you're going to get seen by someone who's very passionate about, you know, getting you back to, to your sport and life. Um, but the one common thread from a tool method standpoint is red cord. Other than that, some of our facilities 
have more Pilates equipment. Some have more that cross training equipment, um, Graston techniques, other types of uh, acupuncture. I mean, um, dry needling. You know, we can't do that in New Jersey, but we can do that in our other locations. Like, you know, it's 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 a little bit of a free for all, but <laughs> not in a not in a bad way. Like, right. there's there's structure around it, and I think um, a lot of it. You know, like you, they all have licenses, you know, that they could lose if, if they do something wrong. So uh, and getting back to like what you were saying before about fraudulent billing and stuff like that, like we don't go for any of that here. This this is a very, you know, integrity is has always been uh, one of my values. And to me, like I'm like attracts like like I people that join Active Core are good people. And we're, we're just trying to do right for the people that we serve. Yeah. Sounds great. I love it. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I think we got the, uh, yeah, that's a great picture to paint and it sounds like a great organization. Um, let's Thank you. be respectful of your time and wrap it up and tell folks where they can find you and connect with you if they'd like to. Yeah. The best way to connect is just go on activecore.com. And, and the act that's active can... without the E at the end. It is. It is A C T I V C O R E. It's right here on my shirt. There you go. <laughs> um, we actually do own the activecore.com with the E, just in case somebody spells it yeah, wrong. There you go. Um, that was important to us Mark. years ago. So, uh, activecore.com, fill out a contact form or call any of the phone numbers for any of our eight locations and, and, and they'll there, connect and you with There's it. your we're, dog we're right on cue. I heard yep. your dog in she the background knows. there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She says, we're ready to play. I'm ready to play. Um, yes. On that note, <laughs> uh, thank you for, for your time, Ian. I'm, I'm excited to try out the red cord uh, locally here. Uh, I think we, we have that all started to – we're going to schedule for the next week or two. I'm waiting to hear from your folks. And uh, doggy, relax. You're going to get walked. You're going <laughs> You're going to live a – a lovely life in a few minutes. Um, we're going <laughs> to sign off guys. Hope you got 1% better from the conversation. Again, go connect with Ian. If you ever have any questions for me, uh, should be ways to do that wherever you're watching, listening to this and, uh, bye doggy.